Stupendous. You gotta run that back. This is my world now. Sequel pro tip keep them guessing. New good guys. New not so good guys whole bunch of new action and the biggest Wrestlemania match of all time. Winner take all. Championship unification. Ooh. Zero chance that that felt good. All right, that's a wrap on the previews. The real show is about to start. And remember, this sequel is not edge of your seat, it is out of your seat. This is what it's all about. The moments. The emotion. I'm not crying. You're crying. Welcome back to the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Welcome to WrestleMania Sunday. And now, Snickers and WWE 2K22 present the most stupendous event in entertainment, WrestleMania. Just one little thing before we crack on with the match, though. Biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Don't make me laugh. That's what it was billed as. The biggest so, WrestleMania match of all time. This is to unify world titles, to make one world title in the company. If you take it in that context, you can at least make a case. Nah. <laughs> nah. Not having it. So, as well... All right, not, all right. I, yeah. All right. So, what is... <laughs> What's what? Bigger? Yeah, what's well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you because I set myself a challenge and I thought (laughs) of 10 matches that are bigger in terms of hype and and the actual contest itself. And these are my 10. Hogan v. Andre from 3. Austin v. Rock from 17. Hogan v. Rock 8 from 18. Brett vs. Shawn Michaels from 12. Taker vs. Michaels from 26. Cena vs. Rock from 28. Lynch, Flair and Rosie from 35. Austin v. Michaels from 14 with Mike Tyson. Hogan and Warrior from 6. And let's not forget Honky Tonk Man vs. Beefcake from WrestleMania 4. <laughs> well, I'll, give you you that, I'll give you that last Ten one. Matches. Ten give you that. matches. 
bigger than Lesnar versus Reigns. I'll give you that last one, but and some of the others, but no way, no way Undertaker Shawn Michaels at 26. I was there, so I'm I'm prone to bias towards this. No way is that bigger than this match. That was not a big match. Pay-per-view buy rate is one of the lowest of that decade for that that show the triple threat women's title match of 35 i'm not buying i'm sorry the first main event historic maybe historic not bigger necessarily 12 absolutely not a chance in hell is bret hart versus Shawn michaels bigger than no again one of the lowest wrestlemania pay-per-view buy rates of all time right but in terms of the actual like the match the first Iron Man match between them two. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's what that is like probably the worst match of all time in my eyes. But um, in terms of, it's a bigger match than this one. It's it? not, though, is it? It's no, not. it is. It is. Cost is. It's not. It's not. Is it? No way. Yeah, like as I said, one of the lowest pay per view by rates of all time of a WrestleMania. I'm talking the crowd, like a, the, the crowd. The crowd is not a half, like a half of what's at this this show. Even even WWE's true figure, <laughs> like it's still not a half of it. No way, I'm not having it. Like, I, and stature, I don't, I don't really understand what you're saying. As old man said, stature. This is the universal and WWE title unification match between probably the two biggest stars of the last. I mean, admittedly, they've wrestled each other three times already on Mania, uh, twice on Mania already. But I, I, I'm not having it. <laughs> if this was the first time that they'd wrestled each other, I'd have it. I know, I, I probably wouldn't, but not I'm not. For me. I, I'm not saying I agree with their hype, but I don't think it's stupid for them to say it. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Random Wrestling Review. I'm Ben Spindler and today we're covering WrestleMania 38 Night 2. It has, however, felt like a lifetime ago when we recorded our review of WrestleMania 38 Night 1, and that's because pretty much the entire world of WWE has turned upside down since then. Now, just to give you a little insight into how the sausage is made, we record these shows about two weeks before they come out, so when we recorded our last episode, two weeks ago for us, it was four weeks ago for you when you listened to this. Therefore, when we recorded our last episode, we were still one week out from the Rumble, all heading towards one of the biggest events on the calendar in fairly still waters. Then we recorded our podcast, and immediately after that, there were $5 billion Netflix deals done, new members of the TKO board appointed, a lawsuit filed against Vince McMahon with some genuinely horrific allegations, and for the record, fuck Vince McMahon. Then the Rumble took place, and then everything blew up again six days later on SmackDown when Cody, who had won the Rumble, was then seemingly usurped by The Rock in the main event of WrestleMania. Now, we thought about doing a bonus episode on everything, but by the time it comes out, another week would have passed, and it would still be old news. What's more, we have no guarantees that some other mad thing happens that changes everything again. So I've said all this really just to acknowledge all the crap that's happened since we recorded our last episode and explain why we didn't mention it on that show is because we simply didn't know at the time because all that was yet to come. Who would have thought that the intro to a wrestling podcast would be harder to explain than the central plot of Lost. So, joining me today, first of all, is old man Sam Carey. Hello. What was that for? That was, uh, <laughs> I was going to continue the cowboy theme that Matt started last week, so I was firing me little gun. Firing your little blanks, you mean? Why? Oh, ain't that fucking truth. Go on, blanks. <laughs> and also we have Alex Rockstar Kirkman with us as well. Oh, I am so happy to spend this stupendous evening with you two stupendous people to review this stupendous show for this stupendous podcast. I am stupendously excited. 
Nice. I'm middling, which I think is going to be the word that they're going to use for this year's <laughs> WrestleMania. Welcome to the most middling event in the, in the year. Again, again, I'm going to make the point. We have no idea what's going to happen this week. So for all I know, when this comes out in two weeks time from the point we're recording it, everything may have changed again. All right. I've got an idea. What we'll do is we'll each give a little prediction of what we think will have happened by the time the episode comes out and then we could like it could be about anything like football (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i just uh just heard so this is hot news for people who haven't read the news today apparently the old king old king chuck's got cancer yeah, ah. I just saw that. Yeah, I just read that as well about ten yeah. minutes ago. I didn't know yeah, that. I, mean, I didn't know that. This will be this will be not breaking news to anyone listening to this, but I, yeah. I but it was for me. So you know, I'm I'm yeah. happy with the well, service that's been provided today. Quick, let's go live and break the news. <laughs> not to get too like down too early, but he might be dead by the time this comes out. Poor fucker. Well, that's possible. And if he and if he is. I'm going to have to like edit that all out so that you don't sound like a horrendous because because in particular Stephen will not be happy. He's quite the royalist, uh, Stephen. Mm. Well, I mean, we've all got our faults, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So WrestleMania 38 Night Two. I'm I'm determined that we aren't going to get sidetracked today. We're going to talk about WrestleMania 30 Night Two, 30 Night Two, 38 oh, Night Two, <laughs> and and we're not going to go into all the nonsense that's going on in WWE. Cool. As I said, fuck Vince McMahon. I don't want to talk about it, but fuck him. Mm, nice. So WrestleMania 38 Night Two and our uh, expectations going in. Old man, let's start with you. Reasonably high, actually. So this is the one. So I mentioned, I can't remember what episode it was, but this took me pretty much a week to get through the second night, and none of it was new by the time I I got to it. And I had a lovely time watching it. Now I actually watched this in one sitting, partly because of time constraints, and partly because it just kind of happened that way. That normally I'm interrupted by things, but. Yeah, I was pretty up for this. I gotta be honest. This is this is the most I've been up for a show for a good while. Come on, England. Good news, Alex. What about yourself? I'm a bit the opposite actually. I I remember watching this at the time. I didn't watch it live, but when it came out, and I I, I kind of remember it being quite boring. I was quite bored of the of the, of the show. From memory, much preferred night one. I really enjoyed night one. I watched that on the Sunday. I, I, like I said, not. I didn't watch them live, but I watched that on the Sunday and I really enjoyed it. And then when I watched night two, I just thought it was quite boring. Other than one thing, there was nothing standing out in this for me. And I couldn't really remember any of the other matches either. So um, I wasn't dreading it, but I wasn't really looking forward to it. It was a bit, I was a bit middling. Oh, lovely. That's lovely. Let's not, let's not make that the theme of today's show. That would be a <laughs> disappointing product to put out there. I was looking forward to this because I didn't watch it. So as I said two weeks ago, this is the beginning of my... I've not seen any of WrestleMania since that point. So this is the first night of WrestleMania that was entirely, entirely new to me. Didn't watch any of it on the, de- on the weekend. And... I think I probably intended to watch it at some point, but as we've kind of discussed in the past, like it's it's relatively easy to get one night of WrestleMania in before you then get all the spoilers come to you and you can't really avoid it because you haven't got the time when the week hits to actually get and watch it. And after a while, you're like, what do I even want to bother? Now I know everything has happened. There's really not much of a point watching it. So I didn't. And so this was the first time I was watching it. So I was looking forward to it from that perspective. No idea what I was 
get myself into or whether this is going to be good bad indifferent or middling as you put it alex so yeah i'm really quite up for this one to be honest oh come on come on <laughs> it's england all over the place it's unbelievable <laughs> it's coming home it's coming home <laughs> to dallas texas is where it's coming home as we said last week but it's not is it it's actually going to be new jersey they've announced today they've announced it today as new jersey have they yeah yeah that line. God, you're just breaking news all over the place here mate yeah. I'm hearing it. it's crazy is that, well, is that the met the met live stadium that's a fantastic stadium <laughs> yeah, that uh, Stephen didn't think was a fantastic stadium. Wow. Are you sure this has been announced there? I can't see anything on the BBC News website about it. Yeah, it's got announced this morning, so I read it. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's not really news. And then I was walking to work, and I heard you saying, "You were like, oh, he's going to be in Dallas. Oh, Matt's <laughs> going to be there with his cowboy hat." And I thought, oh, Danny oh, looks silly. And then you were going on about how much you love Vince McMahon and as well. And it was, like, oh, it was so awkward, so out of date. And then you were like, the king's healthy, and it was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's true. All of this is. Right, he's got a bag to rights, basically. So let's go into our talking points. Uh, oh, um, no, let's start with you, Rockstar. Right, okay. Let me ask you guys a question. Oh, he always so, does this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like if he doesn't you... know what we're supposed to do at this point. It's, <laughs> it's fine. You carry on, Rockstar. Right, okay. So if you had to pick a match or two to show non-wrestling fans, what matches would you pick? A match or two. That's a yeah. interesting mm. thing. I can, I can give you an answer that's based on a true real-to-life experience. Actually. Oh, okay. I guess it's not strictly a match. So anyway, basically, later this year, we may have this person on the podcast, by the way, as a guest, and he does listen Ooh. to the show. Um, so my friend Rob, uh, when we were at school, he didn't like wrestling at all. He was like in the camp of wrestling shit, as so many people are. And I remember I, I was watching, I don't know what it was, like a live wire or a, one of the Saturday morning programs for some reason. No idea why. <clears throat> and they were doing some kind of retrospective of the previous year. So it must have been early January 2000. And they had a highlights package of the No Mercy ladder match between the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. And I think it might even have been set to the Hardy Boys later music, the music that would become the Hardy Boys music. I might be wrong about that. Anyway, I quickly got the video, a video in the video recorder and recorded it and then passed it to him and said, watch that. And he watched it so many times. And after that became a proper wrestling fan, legitimately did become a wrestling fan to the point where pretty much every month he'd come over to my house to watch the pay-per-view live. So that is a real life example of a match that I would show to people, but probably not the whole match, just the the brilliant highlight package because the highlight package was excellent. I'd go Royal Rumble 89. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was... It was what got me properly into it. I've told this story like way back when. So me, my mum and my two sisters were watching it. We borrowed the video off of one of my nan's neighbours at the time and we watched it and it was amazing. We were all like doing the countdown. It was absolutely brilliant. And it's so much bloody fun. If you didn't enjoy it, then you could go fuck yourself. But the other one... And kind of, you know, it, it would kind of depend on the mood as well. So, like, you'd have to play play the room. So, if that was like, she wouldn't have any bloody interest because she hates it. But if I was going to show my fiance a wrestling match, it would be a rumble because they're good fun. You get loads of people come in. You can laugh at the people coming in, which again, if, like, 89, that's a long job. 
great stuff. But then if I was like, right, I need to show someone a wrestling match that's actually really good, it would probably be Undertaker Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25, I think. So, well, for me, I mean, obviously it depends on what the aim is really done. If, if you're going to, you know, if I'm picking a friend who kind of likes a bit of uh, violence and action, then I'd go Taker Mankind Hell in a Cell. Funnily enough, if it was an excellent wrestling match, I put Taker Michaels from Mania 26 instead of 25. I mean, I mean they're both amazing i haven't seen them for a long time but they're both amazing uh, and i've even put taker versus punk from mania 29 my favorite match of all oh, time yeah. check out the show in the archives to hear me gush over that masterpiece just other ones in terms of like spot fest you could all tlc uh from wrestlemania 17 i did think about the no mercy ladder match but i thought about the tlc match and Vince McMahon versus Shane McMahon as well. Possibly you could have that at Mania 17. But if it was someone who just wanted to watch some something fun, wanted to just be purely entertained for 15 to 20 minutes and just wanted to put and pose the question, why do you watch wrestling? And why, how do you find this kind of stuff entertaining? Then I would say you can look no further than my match of the night nay the match of the weekend one of the most entertaining and fun matches in wrestlemania history bobby lashley versus omos no i'm joking <laughs> sammy sammy zane versus johnny knoxville in the anything goes match ben do you want to give the result well first of all i want to breathe a sigh of relief because i was worried alex had just started his whole new podcast in the middle of our podcast talking about something yeah. that was nothing to do with wrestlemania 38 night <laughs> for a second um and i've also realized what i was going to say which is that um i know what tom would pick to show someone who'd never seen a wrestling match yes, before. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that is of course Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kabashi from Ring of Honor. Oh. Yeah, He's shown well, about four million people that match. Yeah. Oh, I I thought you were going to say um, Mike Awesome versus... Um, he probably would show them that Tanaka. too. He'd probably show them that too, yeah. but I think he'd go to Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kabashi first. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I mean, he can confirm it. Maybe he'll tweet us or tell us on the WhatsApp, whatever. Yeah, the match. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, completely forgot what you asked me to do. I mean, you know, this is obviously your podcast now, so I'm just... I'm just, <laughs> oh. just uh, you know, just oh, uh, following no. your uh, following your direction, mate. Hang on, Tinky, I can't see uh, Rockstar anymore because of the shade you've just thrown him. <laughs> to be honest, I'm only doing it to, to buy myself some time because I haven't got any of the uh, results up on the screen. So it's all good. I've got it now, though. So, yes, an anything goes match between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. It lasts for 14 and a half minutes and is won by Johnny Knoxville when he and all of his mates from Jackass jump on top of Sami, Sami Zayn and get a pin for, for not fall on him. Alex? Yeah, so, well, first of all, the bill for the match, absolutely fantastic, all from the video package. The red carpet stuff, the phone number on the plane and everybody ringing Sami Zayn, even the costing Zayn the Intercontinental Championship, just incredible. The entrances, Johnny Knoxville entrance, two cheeseburgers away from 175, the South Knoxville <laughs> strong boy, and just brilliant. And I just had a smile on my face before the match even started. But the match itself, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable fun, isn't it? I love Zane's interactions with the Jackass crew uh, at first. Great selling from them. They look legitimately pissed off. I just thought it was fantastic selling. Johnny Knoxville getting it with bin lids and he knows how to take a table bump and then... All of a sudden, party boy turns up and I'm pissing myself laughing. Wee man with a massive pop and a massive body slam. I mean, that's like the immovable objects and the unstoppable force right there. Crowd are just electric for this. Absolutely electric. And we, the kick to Wee man is really so brutal. The crowd, not happy at all. Just everything from it. The pyro from the ring post, absolutely crap. 
but brilliant. Bowling ball and a kick to the groin. Johnny Knoxville's just pissing himself laughing throughout the whole thing. Taser, the taser spot into the big hand that slaps, slaps Sammy, Sammy Zane and he's run, as he's running around the ring. I mean, it's like Chekhov's hand. No, you don't know where... Nobody sees it for the entire match, and all of a sudden it just comes out and whacks him. I've wrote here, Sami Zayn's balls are getting an absolute battering. This is like an episode of Bottom. Sami Zayn goes through the mousetrap table, and then we've got the giant mousetrap for the finish. It's a shame that it didn't actually work properly, but it doesn't take anything away from the match. It is completely shit. It is cheesy as hell. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it is so much fun. It's the most fun I've, I've seen in a in a WWE wrestling match for a long time. This is 100% my match of the night. And it 100% features my MVP. And it's got to be Sami Zayn. It's got to be. He puts so much effort into everything that he's given, no matter how crap it is. Other wrestlers want to give him this the time of day. And it's, it's his effort in the build and the match itself that just makes it, it makes it as good as it is. And I'm also convinced that it's because of this stuff like this match getting over as much as it did that he was rewarded with his inclusion in the bloodline story. I'm, I'm almost convinced of that. But like I've said, it's not only the match of the night, it's the match of the weekend. I think it's my favourite celebrity match in WrestleMania history. And Sami Zayn's had a massive part to play in it. And again, going back to the, the matches that you show non-wrestling fans, I mean, I showed Joanna this. We watched Jackass Forever. Uh, this is before the before the pod. We watched Jackass Forever and I was telling her all about the match and, and we watched it. And she loved it, absolutely loved it. And sometimes, I'm, you know, sometimes I do get a bit, I'm a bit embarrassed that I like wrestling. Uh, I, I do call it like my guilty pleasure. I feel like I maybe should have grown out of it and I haven't. Uh, and sometimes I always kind of worry what people think uh, about it. Before doing this podcast, I'd kept it to myself. I didn't put it on social media or anything. But I don't think I'd be ashamed to show anyone this match. And it's fucking ridiculous. It's stupid. But I don't think I'd be ashamed to show anyone. And if I did and someone said it was ridiculous and embarrassing, I'd just tell them that they had no soul because it's just so much fun. It is so much fun. I smiled from the minute it started all the way through. It's absolutely you cannot watch this match and not have a big smile on your face my match of the night and my mvp sammy's in i think he might have enjoyed it tinky just a little bit yeah yeah so this is the match that Sami Zayn is said he's most proud of in his career when he was on the uh broken skull sessions and this i mean can't really say a lot more than you've said it's a fucking blast isn't it it's just really it's good fun Corey graves after a party boy gets wallops gets walloped he says that his cheeks were just starting to get over which fucking popped me so much more than it should have to be honest the wee man body slam is sensational it's just so much fun the pyro on the turnbuckle to be honest they almost lose me there because i thought it was absolute shite thought it was shite the first time i watched it thought it was shite the second time but they then save it with like the hand spot (laughs) which is just absolutely like absurd it's just fucking brilliant and sorry it's not um it's not Corey Graves it's Pat McAfee who says his cheese were just getting over because they are sensational in this match the commentators because without the way that they accept it and the way that they sell it and the good time that they have it isn't anything like as enjoyable watching it at home I bet it was a blast when you were in the stadium I bet Matt fucking hated it but of course he did <laughs> I got a feeling he liked it but I think that's probably because he also likes Jackass that's true it's just very very good it's a very nice time and it had a tough act to follow in a Lashley so somehow <laughs> 
they managed to reach that bar. But yeah, good shit. And w- one thing I will say when I was watching this, I'm so glad they don't do this very often because if they did this once every two years, it would be too often. I think like they they do this kind of thing so rarely and never to this level, I don't think. They're just cracking of fun. Well done, Sami Zayn. Well done, Johnny Knoxville. And well done, Wee Man. And you know what? Well done, us. Whether you right. Come on, lads. Come on. Get it in early. You're like a, mo- a proper motivational speaker tonight. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I could take on the world. Well, you can. So, <laughs> so, so simmer down. Right. He's a, it's a motivational speaker, but a realistic one. Yeah. <laughs> just pace yourself. Just just start start with Watchdale or something. So uh, I was interested in the last point you made, old man, about it being kind of something they don't do very often, because actually I thought this was a unique one of a kind match. I don't think I've ever seen a match like this in in the sense of like they obviously have matches that are a bit silly and, and violent and entertainment based as opposed to technically wrestling based. But this was also really funny completely nuts like completely nuts that the big hand in particular just sends the whole thing into farce but in a really good way it's it's just completely i was going into this i've never seen it before i was going into this thinking i'm not sure i'm gonna like this because it's i i've heard what it's like and i i can't imagine that really working for me but it did and i think it worked because it was a completely unique match i think if they ever do it again they'll be making a massive mistake this should sit on a stand on its own as its own thing and nobody else does it again because it really does stand out as something that is completely unique and i thought it was really really good and i was going to give Sami Zayn my mvp too but see as you've given him alex uh, there was someone who was in second place already so i'm going to give it to them and we'll get to that later on otherwise he would have been my mvp yeah really really enjoyed it really fun the wee man slam was magical and i don't even like jackass i think jackass is a pile of wank to be honest but that did not prevent me from enjoying this match is it your match matches of the night no all oh, right, okay. You know what? I was trying to figure that out, and I don't know. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Looks like a bit of a lost puppy right now, old man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Not, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 well, he's listening. I don't really know. He was being really motivational, and then when he told me that I can't take on the world, it's like he's, <laughs> he's listened to himself, and now he's just a lost man. Just lost. <laughs> I'll tell you why I look so lost. It's because I'm just looking at my notes, and I'm like, the fuck do I talk about? Well, do you need to go next? Yeah, go on then, because then I've got even less to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. So my choice is going to be... Oh, shit, now I've... I've fucked myself because I can't I can't think what I was going to say. All right, let this I'll do I'll do what I wasn't going to do and I'll go with my MVP. And my MVP of the night is Bobby Lashley. Mm. Um because Bobby Lashley versus Omos isn't half bad. Like it's not fucking shit. I thought it was going to be absolute mm. turd. I thought it was going to be bottom of the pile, absolutely god awful. And it's not. It's a six and a half minute match. It's won by Bobby Lashley when he hits a spear, a couple of spears, in fact, and gets the pin. But Bobby Lashley puts in an absolutely masterful performance here. He does everything he possibly can to make Omos look like a threat, to make him look like this monster and still be able to beat him. He throws himself all over the place. He's doing stuff that Bobby Lashley, I bet you Bobby Lashley's barely ever done in his career. Like, for example, I always think it's about big guys when they get slammed or especially if they get suplexed like they probably never do that bump 
ever in their career like it just doesn't make sense for like imagine yokozuna for example taking a suplex he just never would because no one would try and do it and it wouldn't be realistic during this match bobby lashley has to take moves that he would never ordinarily have to take and so this is why he's my mvp like the match is i'd say I'd go as far as say the match is actually average, which I didn't think it would manage to be. Like I thought it was going to be utter terrible. It really wasn't terrible. And for six and a half minutes, I'll take this all day long. If Bobby Lashley and Omos are going to have to have a match, this is about as the absolute optimum I could ever hope for it to be. So that's why Bobby Lashley, he was going to be my second place behind Sami Zayn. But given that you've given it to Sami Zayn already, Alex, I'm giving it to Bobby Lashley because he just puts in an excellent, excellent performance. And I thought, I've got to give him some credit for it because he really impressed me during this match against a barely mobile, barely knows what he's doing, Omos, and Lashley still managed to get something that was, as I said, average out of him, which I don't imagine, Mm. I don't think even AJ Styles can do that. You know what? I didn't realise until just before we started, I was checking over my notes, went into cage match and saw that this was six and a half minutes, and I kind of inclined to agree with you, Tinky, because it is not particularly good, but you've got Omos, who is absolutely atrocious and i believe this is about a month before undertaker makes his now infamous comment about how amos could be one of the great big men of all time lovely and uh yeah he obviously came back at the rumble was probably even worse which is like amazing seems like a lovely lad i've seen him interviewed seems like a very lovely man but he is terrible but yeah what else what else do you say i think tinky's put it over more than anyone has ever put it over <laughs> In the history of life. Next thing, you'll be revisiting Giant Gonzalez Undertaker and going, you know what? That was bloody good then. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because our bonus episode recording later on is Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker, the greatest feud revisited. <laughs> Part one, part one. And we're talking Matt, about the yeah. the interrupt, the interference in the Royal Rumble by Giant Gonzalez, and then we're going to move on chapter by chapter and go through it all. Um, I'll read my notes out verbatim because I've not got many. Uh, lastly, looks so impressive. The crowd don't care. Omos is light years, light years ahead of the great Carly. Just boring. To be fair, I expected this to be Kane versus Carly lev- levels of shit, and it was nowhere near as bad, but still not great. That's it. I just, I was just bored by it, and it's, it's the big guy wrestler thing. I'm, it just puts me off completely. And and I, and that, but the thing is with Lashley, I do like Lashley. He's miles more impressive now than he was uh, previously. But I, I just get, I just get put off by the big men wrestlers in in matches. So yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't for me. Wasn't for me. I think sometimes you, everybody, kind of looks at a show or sees a match coming up and like the reputation of the wrestlers precedes it to the point where you don't look forward to it and then you barely pay attention and it's going to be boring anyway there's just no way for it to win no matter how good the performances are i think sometimes and i'm as guilty of that as anybody i don't i I don't know why in particular this match i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna actually force myself to try and stay in the moment here and try and watch this because i think the majority of people who who would watch the show would have been like oh fuck that i'm gonna go we i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pay attention i'm gonna chat during this match what Whatever. and then they're going to see that Lashley and Amos are doing their thing and be like yeah this is just Lashley and Amos it's not going to be any better than I expected and I think that happens all the time sometimes that even happens to matches that some people are really looking forward to for me a lot of matches involving Seth Rollins to be honest I get like that I'm like oh okay don't really care your previous opinion
opinion of a wrestler can so very often color your enjoyment of a of a given match i find and that this is one where i think suffers from that because everybody thinks that omos is rubbish because he is and i don't imagine too many people expected bobby lashley to be able to get something out of him so well man it really is now time for you to uh <laughs> come up with something to talk about you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go people talk about wrestlemania moments well, I see people, WWE, talk about WrestleMania moments. And there's a guy on this show who comes dangerously close to stealing the whole thing. And he must be on the show for about, I don't know, like eight minutes or something. And it's bloody Butch, or Pete Dunne. So he's involved, well, he's ringside for the Seamus of Ridge Holland portion of the Brawling Brutes. And I always said Kofi Woods then. Uh, Kofi Woods and Xavier Kingston of the New Day. So this is post Big E getting his little neck broken poor lad hopefully he's getting better there ain't nothing little uh, about that neck well no it's a good bloody job as well isn't it mm. oh my days i absolutely love butch just being an absolute fucking beast on the outside he's trying to kill the new day he's trying to bloody kill him and i know it's not the same level of entertainment that we all got from the Sami Zayn Johnny Knoxville match, but this match is not stockered because they evidently just cut their time. Because I think they get a, what is it about two minutes? Thinking yeah, a minute and forty three seconds. Yeah. So I don't think they're. I don't think any of them are best pleased. The New Day, and this is. I'm assuming this is why this is still on the card. The New Day wear unitards in tribute to Big E, which was weird seeing Kofi Kingston not in a pair of pants or a pair of trousers was very strange I'm guessing that's why it's on the card but I just absolutely love Pete Dunne going absolutely bananas I was like he's got his Wrestlemania moment hasn't he and that it was brilliant I loved it loved it don't know why it had me laughing the whole time he was on there it was just laughing I was laughing people were laughing next to me there's no one next to me but yeah I was laughing good times good times and that's my talking point I dare say that Pete Dunne hopes that this is not his WrestleMania moment. And I'm sure yeah. that <clears throat> now he's kind of gone back to being Pete Dunne in WWE and he's seen yeah. with Tyler Bate that maybe something better will be in his future this year, maybe. I, I would suspect that he put in that performance because he was probably pissed off that he was cut from the match. Because I'm assuming it was going yeah. to be a six person, a six man tag. And then they mm. cut him from the match. So he thought, right, do you know what? I'm making the most of this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was good in it. It was good. But I mean, first of all, why on earth would someone show the replay of Big E's yeah. injury at the beginning? Mm-hmm. It's just awful. I, it, and I didn't, I didn't even, I'd forgotten that it was that it was uh, that uh, his injury. So I watched it, mm-hmm. and then oh god, it just made me sick. Made me feel sick. Awful. But um, yeah, going back to Butch, what the fuck is Butch? So glad that he's gone back to Pete Dunne. Because Butch is just a this terrible name. It's just Vincent so, Man written all over him. So I don't know if it's true, but apparently his favourite EastEnders character is Pat Butcher. And, <laughs> and he just wants right. to like, use the middle right. Right, okay, yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense then, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah, I, again, th- there's nothing of note. It's one minute, 40 seconds long. But I put make it a six-man tag match with a mystery partner. And I put mm. Finn Balor. Finn Balor was in the Battle Royal on SmackDown, so just stick him in there. You know, I'm sure as well, because then obviously it would have given the opportunity to the, for the fans to wait, put their arms up when the, at the for his entrance like they do. Yeah, I just think it would have been miles better to have it as a six-man tag match with that mystery partner. But, you know, it, this could have been really good. 
this could have been really good if it was given time. And I'm sure they could have cut something from this night to give it a bit more time. I mean, like probably that all the night one highlights that they put in. Surely they could have they could have cut. <laughs> no, all no, that. no. We've discussed this though. They can't do that because the peacock adverts are are at that oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they can't do it. They yeah. have to put that stuff in, unfortunately. It obviously is their fault, but like at the same time, they, they do kind of have to do it. Yeah. But I mean, they could have cut something. They could have been given this a, another four or five minutes, you know what I mean? And just cut something. It would have been all right. I think it would have been all right, but because it's because it's only just, just short two minutes, it's just nothing. And it's like, well, just don't even have it on the show. But then those five guys don't get the payday so you know it's it's just a nothing match in it well i guess also having had one of your wrestlers literally break their neck as a consequence of the feud that leads into the match it would then be a little bit wasteful to not at least do something with them on on wrestlemania although i would argue that having had that situation is it really a big stretch for you to then give the New Day the victory, given that they're trying to avenge that pretty serious injury, like in story, obviously, but still, like it really isn't that important to to not pin Ridge Holland, let's say, you know, and have him be beaten by Kofi. Like that would be perfectly acceptable. So for me, it just it's not for me, it's not important enough to give any more time to. I'm 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 comfortable with them giving it this time. I just feel a bit strange that the New Day just didn't win. Like, what difference does it make? Again, not a big deal, but I just think given what's happened, I think it's just a, a tip of the hat and, and give Kings, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods a chance after the match to also signal to their friend, you know, we're thinking of you, for example. I was just going to go back to something that you said, Sam, on the last, uh, on 37 Night 2, and it's similar with this. Again, there's not many feel-good moments, really. On the, with the exception of Johnny right. Knoxville and the first match, every I think every, every other match heels win. I think. Yeah, it seems to be quite a heel. Well, I guess Naomi and Sasha win. We'll, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to yeah. all the results. Yeah. But you're right. I think in general, it's quite. Yeah. If, look, if the heels win half the matches, that's already quite heel centric for a WrestleMania. Yeah. So okay, well let's um let's go back to start. The the talking points didn't say a lot for the show, quite frankly, given that we covered Omos and Lashley and we covered a two minute tag team match. Um, that <laughs> doesn't say a lot for everything else. But maybe maybe it'll recover. I don't know. So we start with America the Beautiful, as is customary these days. Jesse James Decker, accompanied by a piano. I thought this was pretty good. Nice voice. Yeah. One of the better generic sung renditions. Mm-hmm. Few too many histrionics right at the end. But other than that, I was quite impressed by this. Yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. Just really simple, dead, really basic, really effective. She's got an incredible voice. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I really, really liked it. Yeah, I thought this was, as Tinky said, put it so well, but this was pretty good. <laughs> I, ain't going, I ain't going any further. I'll go pretty good. I would have gone further had there not been so many kind of dr- dramatic vocal gymnastics toward the end. That was just needless, but... The, the rest of it was actually pitch perfect, I thought. It was really good. But I did hear that she is apparently named after the road dog. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. And a double decker. The anyway, best chocolate bar in the world. I'm not so sure. I mean, I, 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 can, I can eat a double decker when the mood takes oh. me, but I don't think anyone is really calling that the best in the world. Oh, me? it's my favourite. I love double deckers. I, I love a double deck, but mm. I also love a Snickers. And I also, since, uh, since I been with my fiance when we got over to the u.s the reese's over there are sensational fucking muck we get served over here with our food <laughs> st- 
standards. Get over there, full of sugar, full of peanut. Lovely old full job. Of, full of chemicals. <laughs> oh, delicious chemicals, though, mate. Oh, yes. Then we got highlights of the previous night's action and the intro video with Mark Wahlberg, different from the previous night, focusing on the talent on this particular night of, the, of action. Love uh, that. I have a question for you, Tinky. Mm-hmm. Why do you like Marky Mark Wahlberg? I don't especially like him. You you said on the last episode you said oh I quite like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I can't. Re- <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I can't really remember saying quite like, but that's fine. I I don't dislike what I've seen of his work, and really all I've seen of his work, if I'm honest, is The Departed. So like, <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing else to base that opinion on. So from that one film. I quite like him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. This is the second best Wahlberg involvement in wrestling, though, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is the second best because we know his brother was sensational. Oh, oh right, yeah. Johnny Wahlberg, what a lad. Yeah, fine. Don't, I actually don't like Marky Mark Wahlberg. So I just didn't get why, why, I didn't get why it was in. He's from Boston. I'd, I'd have had Undertaker do it, personally. So I'd Undertaker do it. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, but he, he'd have gone on about how he loves guns, he loves hunting. Yeah. About, I mean, this Dominoes. Is WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love, I love knives in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had Mark Wahlberg over The Undertaker, personally. Yeah, well, it's just I just don't understand why it's, why it's, why it was him. Let him do it. Just someone famous, isn't it? Yeah. famous Get they were they were trying to taxi. even though they were in texas they were building on the night one and night two and night two being a sequel weren't they so it was kind of yeah. it's kind of a film thing <laughs> a film thing <laughs> a film thing yeah uh the show starts with triple h doing his regular entrance but in a suit which means he spits all over himself and it, it looks ridiculous <laughs> Um, he hugs his daughters who are in the front row, spits all over a suit again, stands in the ring, taking it all, taking it all in for a while. There's big Triple H chants. He then puts his boots down in the middle of the ring and says, thank you and welcome to WrestleMania. Whilst his spit covered suit is <laughs> looking at an absolute state. He's got his top three button, uh, buttons undone on his shirt as well. Yeah, this was Triple H saying goodbye and sort of making it official that he'd retired after his previous health scare the year before. I mean, there's a problem, isn't there? Because it's overshadowed somewhat by Bobby G in the background with his <laughs> yeah. bloody yeah. sign. Yeah, finally spotted that sign. Mm. Every year, mate. Every year for a good sort yeah. of seven, eight years now we've seen him. I'd love to know I wonder how old they are and where they live. I need to know um, more about Bobby G. And why the sign? Is it because because they don't buy tickets on the front row and therefore can't stand out with their outfit? Mm. Like, for example, Vladimir or the pink suit, pink tracksuit guy. So mm. he's like, well, I've just got to, I'll take a sign and then it should be exactly the same every year and people will recognise me from that. I've just realised who it is. It's Bobby George, isn't it? The darts guy. <laughs> and he wears all the bling. And I think you're right. He just can't stump up for the front row. So he's like, oh, I ain't, ain't, ain't going to see me. Enjoying all that, so let's get a sign, let's get a sign, let's get a sign. And he can't have Bobby George because his arms don't spread far enough. He's got arthritis in his shoulders, possibly, from all the darts throwing. So, yeah, solved it, sorted. Lovely old job. There we go. There is one thing I did notice at this point in talking about fans in the crowd. There is a guy in the front row who's wearing a 1994 era Razor Ramon T-shirt. What an absolute fucking legend that guy is. I'll miss that. Didn't see that one. Yeah, I didn't see that. Mm. Oh, rest in peace. 
No, the guys, I was going to say, the fans probably still alive, I should imagine. After being announced to the live crowd the previous night, Gable Stevenson is then shown in the crowd and gets his second intro of the weekend. They were obviously pretty big on this guy. And as we sort of mentioned two weeks ago, I haven't heard a thing about him, really, in terms of since this point. I've just got a, a line that I'd like to read out. More out of frustration, really, and it was just before the Triple H thing. And I'll read again. I'll read it verbatim in capital letters. Fucking bastard French audio on the fucking twatting network can get fucked because, honest to God, it, and I'm gonna rant again later on about it with the Undertaker. But what on earth is going on with that network? Fucking absolutely disgraceful that audio thing. So <laughs> did it? Did it just kick in then? Yeah, it just kicked in. So the video package was out all in English. And then just as it kicked in, it it was on the French audio. So then you have to go into it. And it's it's one of them. It, I mean, I think Stephen has the same issue because I'm on the LG TV app. And it kind of, as you're scrolling, it lags behind. So when you, when you scroll down to English, it stops. And you're like, right, scroll down again. And it skips English and goes down to something else. And then if you press OK, you're on some like Indonesian language. Then it's, oh, it's fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. Well, so I just wanted to rant and get that out, out of the way. Well, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, you really didn't miss anything. Unless Motorhead was singing in French on your version of, yeah. the, uh, <clears throat> no, of the event, no, then no. you didn't miss anything. It's just, it was just I... so frustrating. And we'll come on to it again later on. Was it all about lugging? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to do uh, <laughs> and how you play it, but in a French accent. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, I'm fucking Gordon K. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, moving on. We get the first match of the night is for the Raw Tag Team Titles. It's an 11 and a half minute match. It features the champions, RK Bro, against the Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. The end comes when Riddle RKO's someone, oh, it's uh, Chad Gable off the top rope. Then Orton catches Gable with an RKO as he goes for a... No, that's wrong. Who was it that he RKO'd off the top rope? Somebody. Riddle RKO's somebody off the top rope. Then Randy Orton RKO's Gable when when Gable goes for some kind of dive off the top rope and mm-hmm. gets the pin. So... Riddle RKO'd uh, Montez Ford from the top right. rope, and then yeah. Gable, who does a jump to some someone, gets RKO'd yeah. by, by Randy Orton. Yeah, that was a bit. That was. I mean, he's trying to go for. I think he's trying to go for a diving head, but on Montez Ford, who'd just been kind of RKO'd off the top, but then Orton gets him. I'm going to say it now. This is my match of the night and my match of the weekend. Mm, I thought I thought this was excellent. I really enjoyed every bite that part of this. I just thought it was super heated. Fans were massively into it. There were some spectacular aerials, like obviously Montez Ford did a a sensational somersault thing over the top of the turnbuckle onto about four of them. Then Gable does an amazing moonsault in in the same area of the of the ring area. Like it was just it was just a great great match. Just chaos throughout, but but the match pretty much broke down immediately, which I don't usually like. But in this circumstance, it just felt it felt like it worked really well a super motivated randy orton which is just like just great to see because he just he's so often like phones it in he's so often uninterested in what he's doing but clearly was interested in this and in fairness great wrestlers throughout like chad gable and and montez ford and look we may not like the guy but riddle has certainly got some real talent uh in the ring just yeah i just thought it was a, a really excellent excellent match yeah, I, do, I don't know what my match tonight is. I'm going to have to decide at the end. 
but I've pretty much got everything that you mentioned. They, it just feels like it really, really means something as well because each of the competitors is there and they are fucking like you don't kind of. I find it a bit frustrating because like this is six guys effectively put together in a tag match they're kind of in a way you could look at oh they're just hidden in a tag match but they all were just like they're obviously together they're like we're fucking having this like we're fucking starting this show they obviously know they'll be aware that they're going on after triple h as well so triple h comes out and goes i'm retired i've got spit on my shirt i can't handle it anymore (laughs) bobby g this is now bobby g mania And uh, yeah, and then Gable Stevenson. Stevenson then, not Stevenson. No, Stevenson. No, Stevenson. I mean, yeah. unbe- unbelievable. Lazy. <laughs> Crazy. Do you reckon? <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> yeah. Can't even, like, can't even yeah. have an N in his name. Second <laughs> Terri- Just Lazy. No one would have ever made it. So much effort he saved by not putting that N in. Yeah. Pathet- yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> I suppose it is easier to join up an E to an S if you're signing something. <laughs> Is it? I'm not sure it is, actually. I think no, joining an E to an N is easier. E to, yeah, but N to an S. I don't know. Anyway, shut up. Uh, <laughs> I, like they like you said, to give it goes to pieces pretty early. So they managed to get to a hot tag to Wharton pretty early as well. But boy, is it fucking hot. This crowd, are, like you said, to give, they're fucking absolutely ravenous. They're like a dog with two dicks during this match. Absolutely loving life. I'm glad that you said about Chad Gable potentially going for the headbutt, the flying headbutt, because I don't have a clue what he was doing. So he's yeah, just missiled into that RKO. Is that your silly twat? <laughs> he's going to RKO you out of nowhere. Oh, deary me. Deary me. This is six people that I have a fondness for. Riddle's slightly less. Now, I've always had a bit more time for Randy Orton than I think many people have. And yeah, it's just a cracking way to start a show, isn't it? Go on. Go on, lads. It feels like the six, right, lads. It feels like the right place for Randy Orton at this point in his career as well. Like, you don't really, yeah. you don't want Randy Orton in a 15 to 25 minute main event match for the title you just that's not where you want him but he can really contribute in the tag team setting and Mm -hmm. do his RKO like ultimately his act is now the RKO out of nowhere right so accentuate that give him someone who can carry the bulk of the work for him and then he comes in and does that a couple of times it's just that's just you know for me wrestling 101 just really simple book or and simply and give him not so much to do and he's going to be most effective at this point in his life and it's when he's motivated when he's motivated to do something he's fantastic and when he isn't he's boring yeah i agree with everything you say with this match it's it's just like a bit it's a perfect opener for wrestlemania really it's absolutely fantastic uh, a couple of things that i didn't like the ai stuff i can't stand that at the beginning the ai <laughs> snakes I, honestly i mean i've got a massive i've got a big phobia of snakes and even those made me feel uncomfortable watching watching them i think Um, i think you said this before and i was like i got confused and i realized this it's because of the way you said it it's not ai is it it's just a it's just a effect just a visual yeah well yeah cgi cgi CGI, yeah yeah. cgi yeah come on Uh, whether it's ai or cgi it's shit but i really like all the teams the alpha academy i mean chad gable's just amazing but i like otis He's just like a tank. He's he's absolutely massive, but 
he's just like a tank. Chad Gable, again, he's amazing. But, I mean, do you remember the Shorty G gimmick? We'll not yeah. talk about that. Uh, Montez Ford, I think he's, he could be a big deal in WWE. He's, he's absolutely fantastic as well. The only gripe that I've got about the match, it's very, uh, it's a bit nitpicky, but I would have ended it at the RKO from Riddle onto Ford. I, I think that, that I'd have ended it there instead of the second one because the second one to me just looked too telegraphed it didn't look as good as that one because that was the last one it kind of like shit a bit on riddles but that is nitpicking it's a great absolutely fantastic match a great opener for wrestlemania yeah i really i really liked it and i do really like the people in this match otis in particular i think is somebody that it just him being there helps me enjoy everything else because i am all about variety in everything that you have on the show, variety, 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 variety in match types, variety in, what's the word, presentation of matches, like have the Johnny Knoxville comedy thing, have the super serious technical match, have the high flying, you know, whatever. Give me give me that variety. Give me the tag team match, then the, then the three way, then a six man, then a singles, then a tag team, then a singles, you know, just mix it up for me. And body shapes, Otis's body shape just, again, makes that. It makes everybody else seem more interesting because he has this unique body shape, which means that not everyone has the same fucking body shape. And that has been a major issue for me in WWE for a long time. And I feel like in the last two, three years, they've turned that on his head a little bit and they are going in a different direction again. Yeah. So just all that. And Chad Gable's great. And Montez Ford is great. And I just, yeah, I just really enjoyed the match a lot. I thought, Mm -hmm. what a great way to start WrestleMania night two. Let's give some flowers to Angelo Dawkins as well. He's great yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So then we get some more highlights from night one. That is a common theme throughout. I'm not going to list every single time it happens. We'll just do one more thing before we go to break. I think so after a WWE community video. Oh, actually, we've got all the Amos Lashley stuff and all the Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville stuff. In between that is the WWE community video, which I don't care about. And then we get highlights of McIntyre versus Corbin for some reason. Why the hell are they showing this on the show? <laughs> like, I mean, I get showing some highlights from the day before the, the important stuff. I'm not sure we need to see highlights of McIntyre and Corbin. Give us a give us an M&M's advert or something here instead of this stuff. <laughs> then we see Brock Lesnar's locker room door. <laughs> yeah it's good that i thought that was really i've really added some i think yeah massive and then a sign in the I crowd love a door <laughs> do you adore them <laughs> although sometimes you do it. find them find them a bit of jarring <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. The whole pod hinges on us getting this right, guys. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I'll uh, I'll not carry on in that vein anymore. Otherwise, I'll look like a knob. The... Oh, excellent. <laughs> I can't ne- fucking handle this. <laughs> the, next... <laughs> the, the, next, the next thing is uh, a sign in the crowd, which is says, my wife bought me this ticket. Hi, love cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Lad. Do you think she's got a pair of knockers? <laughs> Door. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, we got, we got it, you Dora. Yeah, we got it, you bellend. Oh, oh, you uh, pair of dorks. Oh. Can't use this, that word again. That's done. That's oh, oh, sorry. No, I fucked it now. No, no, forget <laughs> it. Forget yeah. it. Oh, brilliant. Well, yeah. well, that was fun, wasn't it, man? Yeah. Well, it lasted. See you in a bit, yeah. Fucking Alex. Oh, I don't know what I'm Sorry, mate. <laughs> yes, I'm back in. I'm back in. 
I think uh, I think I think Tinky is is cat flapping. <laughs> oh. I think that's time for us to take a sh- take a short break. We'll come back after the break, and then we'll uh, hopefully frame the whole rest of the show much better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here to perform America the Beautiful. Please welcome singer songwriter. She is a fashion designer and a TV personality and a two-time New York Times best-selling author. Please welcome Jesse James Decker. Welcome back to the show, and we have got the rest of this WrestleMania to cover. And we start with the women's tag team title match, a four-way match that goes for nearly 11 minutes and ends when uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi hit a double-team lungbuster slash face buster was what I've got. And Banks gets the pin on Carmella. They win the titles. Carmella and Queen Zelina had gone in as tag champions. Alex, what did you think of the match? Tori Graves makes a, makes a comment in commentary, and part of it is, of all the tag teams thrown together on a whim, and then he carries on that sentence. But it's that part of the sentence that I want to pick on, because that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem. They've just thrown all these people together in this match. And why should anyone care? 
Why should anybody care about these titles? Because WWE don't care about them. When they brought in the tag, the women's tag team championships, I was all for it. I thought, yeah, do you know what? I think it's a good move. But I mean, we spoke about it on the on the other podcast since that elimination chamber match. The only team that's had any give give them any credibility, I would say, is Ronda Rousey and Baszler, uh, and that's it. I can't think of because I, even Banks and Naomi, they're just thrown together. They're thrown together. I would add the Kabuki Warriors to that, and I would also probably add because they were relatively over. I would probably add, and they had a they had a distinct relationship. I would add Nikki Cross and and um, Alexa Bliss to that too. But I know what you mean. Like there's there's mm. just so little. They're not establishing those teams enough. No. Basically, they're just like you say. They're going right. No, me and Sasha Banks. They're the champions now. Carmella and Queen Zelina, Queen Zelina. They were the champions before that. The next challenges to Naomi and Sasha Banks are going to be Carmella and Liv Morgan, for example. Yeah. Or they're going to be, you know, Natalia and Tamina, who weren't a tag team during this match. They're just they don't they're not building any kind of history of of no. a relationship between the tag team members, and that's the big problem for me. Yeah, and I think if they actually build credible tag teams and just put ta- put them together and package them as a tag team, give them a tag team name, matching clothing same music do it properly but i, I think it's too late now because i just nobody cares about them titles nobody cares about them i think they could do so i, I remember i think it was on twitter recently talking about the kabuki warriors because they're, they're tag team champions again now and <laughs> i was like they've got a name they've got a unique kind of look and whatever they are they are a tag team. They should just hold the belts now for a long time whilst mm. they build up three, four other tag teams that can then, one of them they can pick from to beat the Kabuki Warriors finally after all of them have had a chance. Then you can kind of, you've got a division then, you can build matches between all those tag teams. And as long as you cycle in new tag teams as you're splitting them up, which WWE love to do, then, you know, you can really, you can sustain it. But they've got, they need somebody to hold the belts for long enough that they can build a division around them and build up the importance of someone finally beating them because if, at the moment the titles just pass they just are passed from person to mm. one team to the next yeah no i completely agree completely agree with you and the, the other thing it, with this is banks naomi rear ripley shana baszler should be nowhere near these these belts nowhere near this match especially sasha banks and um, now i've put him in oats god i hope she comes back but i don't think it's looking likely I don't think it's looking like. I think it looks like she might be going to AEW. But just think of the matches if she come back. Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, Naomi, Keel Bailey, who, who I think has gone first now. <laughs> time of writing yeah. and the time of recording. Uh, Asuka, EO Sky, just endless. Uh, just endless. I think she's making a big mistake going if she goes there. I think she, she should come back to WWE, especially with Triple H in charge of creative. But that being said, this is okay, this match. Nothing to shout about, but did a job. I've said it a million times. Shayna Baszler is just amazing. When she snaps the body parts with a foot, it just looks so brutal, but safe. I love it when she does. She, she generally does it with the elbows and she does it with the ankle in this match. Now, I think if it's a fatal four-way, fatal four-way match, I don't think there's any DQs. So why is the referee stopping Ripley from getting in the ring? I enjoyed the double rope, top rope, suplex, and then the rip. The rip tide into the knees was pretty good. Great finishing move for the win. It, it was it was okay, uh, but some of the women shouldn't be in this spot. And I have got a note here. Corey Graves mentions 
a WrestleMania paycheck in his commentary because he says it about Carmella, Carmella when she loses and he kicks oh, off yeah. about how, how the, the WrestleMania paycheck was going to pay for the holiday or something. I love that. Love it. I also, I did mention it earlier, I think he looks fantastic with his uh, sexy jacket that he's got on. <laughs> Um, and he's also but, now a play-by-play as well play-by-play commentator yeah, yeah. of Corey Graves yeah. interesting I'm, I'm interested to hear it I'm, I'm a keeping mm. an open mind I like I actually, Graves I do like Graves yeah I actually watched I watched like so as a recording The Rock came back on Smackdown and I actually watched another snippet from Smackdown and I mean obviously it was very small amount of time that I heard him talk but he was very good I thought and he seemed to bring out the best in old sexy Wade so yeah I thought this was a pretty good effort all round, to be honest. They are, because of everything that you guys have just said, they're in an impossible spot, really, because people don't give a shit. But it's pretty good, and I thought the last few minutes were especially good. I thought it was really, really well done. That's the odd clunky moment, but I just thought it was a pretty decent way to spend 10, 11 minutes. And I thought Carmella was absolutely brilliant in this. I thought she was really, really good. You kind of expect it. And this is really patronising, so apologies. She's bound to be listening. But yeah, like you kind of expect it from Naomi and Banks, Rhea Ripley, even at this stage. She could blaze her. Yeah, fuck it, let's go with it. And Natalia, you kind of expect it, but she was really, really good in this, Carmella. And I will just touch upon what you said about Sasha going to AEW. I agree. I just, what's there? I don't, granted I don't watch I think there is the chance to and you might have said this before Tinky there's a chance to build a division I think and to be that figurehead of the division but Christ the legacy she could build in WWE like I'm going to I'm going to say that, and this is not a criticism at all in fact this is a uh, this is me defending Sasha Banks. I don't think she cares about building a legacy or having great matches or having great programs or mm. having great storylines. I think she wants to be fucking paid. That's what she wants and mm. AEW are willing to do it and I think that's absolutely right. You know, I've talked about the fact that Kazuchika Okada for example, lots of people are saying, "Oh, I shouldn't go to WWE. They'll book him terribly. He should go to AEW where he's got all the dream matches." I'm like, "Yeah, but he's just had 10-15 years of a career putting his body on the line doing crazy high angle suplexes super stiff um, lariats and and headbutts go to wwe work the soft style make some money and retire happy like that's what you should do yeah. sasha banks now has been wrestling for over 10 years a long time you know she's, been, she's not a you know not a young wrestler anymore she's an absolute vet it is it's time for her to make her money. That's what she's looking to do is make her money. And so I, I fully back it, to be honest. I, I and also think that she will go in there with the confidence in her own star power to say, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Give me something better. Mm. So mm. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, I have no problem with it going there. I would have loved to see her back into to be, don't get me wrong. But I, as I said, I think this is about her making her money. Yeah. I suppose yeah. there is also, and when you were talking about that, there is obviously the, she's done some acting, and there is, I say obviously, you would imagine there would be more opportunity to do that sort of stuff working for AEW than maybe a WWE schedule, even someone of her caliber would allow. So, yeah, I think I just really want to see her have a series yeah. of matches yeah. with Belair, Rhea Ripley, just like yeah, dragging, dragging people to her standard, which she was so good at, and just like building more and more people. Lovely. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I wanted, I said, I, I wanted to see her see back in WWE because I wanted to see those those matches too. But I think that, that she might be there for in AEW for a couple of years, make a load of money, and then decide, you know, WWE might then come calling. So they'll be like, we've got, you know, all these other people, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, the rest of them, they've all faced each other so many times now. We need somebody fresh to come in who's also a star already that isn't somebody mm. we're just going to make now. So two years, she's working, you know, a relatively light schedule and making money, and then comes back to WWE and probably works a part-time schedule, but faces... I don't know, whoever at WrestleMania in some major matches. Like, I think you'll still get Banks in WWE again at some point. I just I just think that this was all about who's going to pay me what I think I'm worth. And AEW have mm. stepped up. Excellent. What did you think of that match? It was all right. Like, everybody, I thought everyone was decent, actually. I thought, you know, I, I was happy with everyone. I mean, for me, this isn't like some of the matches we've had in previous WrestleManias where they've done a four-way tag team match and three or four of them, you're like, why are they even in this match? They're, they're not even, for want of a better word, they're not even qualified to be there. All of these women have had a presence, have done things in WWE. They've they've potentially got following each of them. Like, I, I think that they all deserve a spot. And there are only so many spots. I mean, I mean, admittedly, this is the only women's match on night two. So there's probably another spot for them somewhere, maybe in place of, I don't know what, something, maybe in place of Bobby Lashley and Omos, as much as I may have uh, been impressed by Lashley's performance. But yeah, like I, I think this is a good crowd of wrestlers and it was a it was a decent match albeit they were working with very, very little in the first place. Not to loop around to the end of the show too soon, but this match is very symptomatic of the whole card, I think, in that it's, and we've had this quite a lot, I think, there's a bit of nothing, isn't it? It's all a, it's all a bit of very well put together, very entertaining, but ultimate fluff. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I think we said that about night one as well, is that there was there was two major moments obviously cody and austin but other than that everything else was kind of like okay fine take it or leave it it was it wasn't bad but it wasn't super exciting it was just you know a a show that filled some time which is not maybe the ideal that you want from wrestlemania i think that's what they were going for what a way to fill the time come and watch the most stupendously middling wrestlemania of all time (laughs) The most stupendously middling, fluffy <laughs> WrestleMania of all time. So next we get a couple of, some more highlights of night one. Then we get uh, a couple of the Dallas Cowboys shown in the crowd. Don't know anything about them, old man. I don't know if you know anything about them. Yeah, um, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott now playing for New England Patriots, where he was as at the end of last season. And Michael Parsons, who was with him, is I've only seen him play a couple of times. Apparently one of the best players in the NFL. So there's a little lesson for you all. Yeah, that was about as interesting as I expected it to be. Right, yeah, moving on. Absolutely. Next up, we get a hype video, and it is for the match between Edge and AJ Styles. <laughs> Edge says that WrestleMania needs him, and he needs someone to step up and face him at WrestleMania. AJ Styles answers the call and says he accepts the challenge. Edge tells him he doesn't want the tag team bitch playing around with Omos over the last year. He wants the what's the word he uses? The Pitbull. That's it. It was the Pitbull, Mm. AJ Styles. Mr. Um, Worldwide. Yeah, maybe. Edge then attacks AJ. Edge says that he's the benchmark in WWE and is better than everyone in this industry. He says that since he returned two years ago, he has been weak. Then he's shown hitting Styles with a concerto. Edge says that he did what he did to help Styles. He says 
He did it to remind Styles of who he is and shake him out of his mediocrity. Styles says that Edge will get more than the pit bull. He will get the phenomenal one at WrestleMania. What would you least like to be attacked by? A pit bull or a phenomenal one? (laughs) Can you define a phenomenal one for me? Uh, No, I can't. And for that reason, (laughs) I'd be happy if I was Edge. Like, thank fucking bringing no pit bull down. Well, the Pitbull versus Edge is next up. It's a nearly 25-minute match, just 24 and a half minutes. And AJ Styles sets himself up for a phenomenal forearm. Damien Priest then appears at ringside. Styles hesitates, then goes for his phenomenal forearm, but Edge spears him as he comes down from it and he gets the pin. Oh, man. So go back to the video. So as you said, Tinky, Edge comes out and he's like, oh, WrestleMania. But he says, what's the effect of WrestleMania needs me more than I need WrestleMania? Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit healy. Lovely. And then I really like the Hilton. And I actually thought it was, considering they are thrown together, I think they do some pretty good work with the video to tell a little story. I liked AJ Styles cutting his head on the sign as he comes down. I thought that was good. Like, he's blading even earlier than Ric Flair. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's and not then, crying uh, whilst he does it, though, old man. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and uh, then Edge gets quite a cool entrance as well, which I quite like. There is, and I, I'll be honest, I couldn't believe me luck. You're lucky I got anything from the match after this. <laughs> so when Edge is stood by the stairs, there's a lady stood, must be in the second round, wearing a Scott Steiner metal wig. Oh my god! It was oh, it was one of the great moments of our watching wrestling. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's incredible! And then I wanted to buy one, and then I was like, oh, come on, that's anyway. I've already got a Stone Cold Steve Austin jacket that Tom got me for my birthday. I don't need a Scott Steiner wig as well at the moment. Anyway, let me get into the match. There's an abdominal stretch by Edge. See, that's what I thought you were going to talk. You were going to say when yeah. you didn't leave your luck. <laughs> yeah, me too. No. Me too. Yeah, I mean magnificent he, he it's kind of modified because he's ranching on aj's head so it's not the classic doesn't grab the ropes either and i'm like you're working here come on mate <laughs> yeah like i did i did kind of think i was like this is basics like this is heel 101 uh there was a fantastic kick out of a styles clash by edge that i thought was absolutely magnificent i also quite liked the finish because it elevated priest by association i thought and he was kind of wallowing not really doing a lot and it's obviously works very well in hindsight i didn't have a whole lot of notes on this match because i thought it was fucking great i really really enjoyed this they it was it felt like a very traditional in inverted commas style wrestling match where it's kind of working on body parts the commentary was again excellent i thought in this match and it was just really nicely paced and it made me think after it finished now i don't watch week in week out i only watch the premium live events now really since that in my opinion i think this might be their best matches to this point in wwe obviously edge is now left he's now stinking up AEW. but i can't think of a better match that he had in his run after this in wwe do you mean during this the whole of his run from no. 2020 or just after just this point after this point that's what i mean i was trying to articulate it mate yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's, it's the abdominal stretch. Well, that's what I've it was. gone to pieces. The Steiner, oh, the Steiner headpiece and the, uh, yeah. and the abdominal stretch, and it all yeah. just did for you. Yeah. In summary, well, this was very, very good indeed. Well done, lads. 
And well, and well done us. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He's back. Motivational Sam's back. When I was watching the show, I came home from work and I continued watching the show. Watched it in about three sittings. And just before the kids got back from school, I had to uh, I had to get the tea on. So I looked on Wikipedia to get the time of the match to see if I could fit it in. And when I saw that it was 24 minutes, my rectum nearly prolapsed. <laughs> because, again, because when I said in my expectations about this, being, I wasn't looking forward to it. I thought it was going to be a bit boring. I remember watching this on first viewing and I just I remember just pissing about on my phone because I just wasn't I wasn't interested in watching an Edge versus AJ Styles match at all so with 24 minutes I thought right do you know what I've just got I've just got time to stick it on uh, before the kids get back and do you know what I thought it was absolutely fantastic I thought it was superb it wasn't boring in the slightest pretty much it got me right from the start really it, was, it started off really quick and then Edge slowed it right down gets really good heel heat as well at one point I thought I, the, the, the selling from both of them I thought it was brilliant because I genuinely believed that they were both injured when I was watching it I, I've got pretty much most of the sp- most of the things that, that, that you've got Sam uh, with the exception of the slide where AJ Styles goes face first into the bottom turnbuckle oh, yeah. it's absolutely brilliant it's so brutal so brutal and then because they they were doing this selling that, that and I genuinely thought that they were injured as the match got on it, the match appeared to get quite sloppy but I actually think that it works because it gets over the fact that they just knackered and they look absolutely shattered in the end of at the end of it. Uh, I've got that the the sequence before that two count for the for the the, the Styles clash. It got me. I thought I thought mm. that was the ending. A, a great finish to the match. I, I put it, it's just a, it's a really really good match. In fact, not it, it's excellent excellent. It wasn't boring in the slightest. And uh, my rectum is fine. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. That is good news. Yeah. yeah. That, that could be pretty painful. You sat here with us mm. for three hours with your rectum prolapsed. Yeah. Mm. All because of a match. Yeah, I thought this was really good too. I, I thought this was really good too. I wasn't really looking forward to it, but I really enjoyed it. I did think it was a little over long. I don't think it needed to be quite 25 minutes long. But uh, yeah, I've got, I've got nothing other than that that's negative to say really i thought that they put on a really good bout it was something that came out of nowhere for me like uh, they did they did they felt like they were thrown together as well they also did the kind of this, a story which i think is way too overplayed like basically it was i haven't got a spot at wrestlemania who's gonna face me that was basically what it was which i think is just nonsense like it feels i don't like the stories that are about getting someone on the wrestlemania card i don't like it's why i didn't really like the thing with the undertaker in later years and trying to i, I want to challenge the undertaker for his streak this year thing because i just thought that makes sense to me and this is the this is this is a, even worse than that this is oh uh, i've lo- i haven't won the rumble i haven't won the elimination chamber I've, i haven't got a title so i've got nothing to do so i'm just gonna put out an open challenge and hope someone accepts it and that's what this was but the match was really good and it and it kind of led to the weird judgment day thing where edge and obviously this the end of the match damien priest distracts aj styles and then afterwards they signal their alliance by approaching one another but i'm still kind of fascinated by what the hell they were thinking presumably edge went to wwe management and said i want to do this thing i want to create a new faction i want it to be with some younger talent damien priest and rhea ripley being the two he'd perhaps signaled out singled out and then for whatever reason they decided it wasn't working and had finn balor join the group and attack edge immediately and 
him be exiled from his own group. I, it's fascinating to me that this happened. I just find it really weird. I might be wrong, but I think he had an injury. Right. I might have dreamt that, though, that he had a bicep injury or something and left. And yeah, it was a very strange thing. And also... I think, because I can remember when that happened, because as always, after Postmania, I have a little bump in my interest for a month or so. Normally get past Backlash and then I'm done. But uh, yeah, like I remember when it happened and I was like, well, that faction's going to be dead in three months. And it looked like it was going to be and just persevered with it. But not in like the bad room of Rainsway. Now look at them. The, the weirdest part, I, I think that rings a bell that we're regarding this, but the weirdest part for me were they had a pay per view match where I think it was Finn Balor and AJ Styles against Judgment Day and they lost. Anyway, the night after, they literally just said, Right, here's the newest member of Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and he just walks out. Like, no turn, no, like, no heel turn, no costing anyone any, like, the match. It's just weird. Very peculiar. Very peculiar. Yeah, the whole thing's straight, very strange to me. But, um, as you said, it wor- it's working now. It's working really well. Yeah. Dominic Mysterio, Rhea Ripley, Damien Priest holds the money in the bank. They've even, like, added JD Madonna as well, and they've got the R-Truth thing going on, which is funny and, and a little bit comedic, but that's fine, you know. Is absolutely a place for a bit of light entertainment amongst all this stuff, and that can provide it. Whilst yeah, Rhea Ripley does something more important in the women's division. There was even talk recently. I saw uh, some talk of there being rumours that that Dominic was, line, was lining up to face Brock at WrestleMania, yeah. um, which kind of shows you how far he's come that they were even thinking about that. So yeah, they've done really well with the Judgment Day, but just a really weird way it all began. Don't really understand it, but good match. Yeah, really good match. I was really pleased with this. Yeah, so apparently he uh, suffered a sprain MCL, quite okay. badly sprained, but it was allegedly during the attack. So I don't know whether something went wrong or what, but yeah, so that that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Say interesting in the lightest terms there. Um, the impression I always got was that they basically, it just didn't work. I seem to remember there being quite a backlash against edge in general after they did like after they did it after they brought the group together Mm -hmm. like it just wasn't working or something and and people being really disappointed with with what they put together as part as the judgment day again i may be just remembering that from nowhere but whatever i said it is is now working which is the, the important part here so then we get the stuff about the new day and the brawling brutes before that sorry we do have the attendance announced for wrestlemania sunday 78,453, followed by a lovely fireworks display <laughs> i've got a, a note on the attendance so i went onto wikipedia and that says 65,653. now i know wwe exaggerate but fuck me that is some exaggeration mm. unbelievable Cage Match has also got 65,653, so I assume that is the correct figure. And I imagine, I mean, look, you know, we, we've discussed this before, obviously WWE inflate the figures, and they do it probably for a number of reasons, usually just to make themselves look better. But yeah. I, I've said this before, football, football clubs do it, I'm certain they do it, so... Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do it lower than it actually is okay, for, ta- for tax <laughs> yeah. purposes, I think. I mean, there's inflating it, but there's fucking 13,000 uh, 13, difference. So then the commentary team for the next couple of matches is Michael Cole and Byron Saxton. That's That starts for the tag team match between the New Day and the Brawling Brutes, but carries on into the match afterwards. Before that next match, there's a shot of Roman Reigns' dressing room door, so uh, some oh, more fun God, with the doors. Amazing. <laughs> amazing 
love it. Then there's a graphic of the Hall of Fame class of 2022 and a request for fans to make some noise for them. Taker's music then comes on and he comes out in front of the crowd for a second night in a row just to hear the applause of the crowd. Thank you, Taker. There is a sign that someone's holding. Thank you, Taker, R.I.P. He's not dead. He's, <laughs> he's either been dead the whole yeah. time yeah. as the dead man or he sadly passed away. Um, he does actually look fairly emotional as he waves to the crowd. And he almost, and I'm not sure whether this will mean anything to you, Alex, he almost does the Eddie Graham double wave. Mm. He's so close to doing it. And I thought of Tommy. And I thought, what a lad. Go on, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Before sitting down watching this, I put a message uh, on the WhatsApp group to Matt saying, oh, I'm sitting down wa- I'm sitting down watching uh, Mania 38 Night 2. Are you on it? Do I keep my eye out? And he said he'd not seen it back, so he didn't know. Anyway, when I was watching the taker come out, I was making notes and I looked up and I thought, he's, he's fucking there. Matt's there. And then it, it went. It was a blinking, you miss it spot. So I thought, right, I need to go back. So I rewound it big mistake because the fucking network on the LG TV thought me it took me ages to sort it out and guess what when I finally sorted out guess what was back the French fucking audio was back so yeah that was my second rant about the fucking network on the on the screen it's all Matt's fault and presumably it wasn't even Matt well I, I didn't look again I, I didn't <laughs> fucking didn't look again I just powered through but anyway yeah so that's Matt's fault that for not being on the screen <laughs> What you could do is next time you need to do that for you to have a little quick shifty off the wrist yeah. is uh, go do it on your laptop. Yeah, I know. I need to do something different, but it's yeah. the LG TV's in like the the back room and it's the really comfy couch and like oh, my space. So, uh, but yeah, it's stream from so your shit. phone. Yeah, I know. Stream I know. from your phone. You can still use it on your LG TV. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it next time. I thought anyway. Tinky was going to break into song then. <laughs> stream from your phone. Stream from your phone. <laughs> I knew this Your was Alex Kerman. <laughs> just stream <laughs> from your phone. <laughs> it's as if the beach boys were in the room yeah <laughs> right so after the right, where's that mute button again for old man <laughs> after the tag team match between new day and the boarding brutes we see still a roman range dressing room door as i said about 10 minutes ago and i've completely gone off off task again. then we get the taker stuff then we get the hype video for pat mcafee and his match with Austin Theory. Pat McAfee's talking about his accomplishments and dreaming as a kid of being a WWE superstar. He started training after retiring from the NFL and joined WWE on the announced team. Vince then offers him the chance to wrestle at Mania against Austin Theory. Theory then goads McAfee over the course of weeks with Theory hiding behind his association with Vince McMahon. This whole stuff then starts with Vince McMahon coming to the ring and introducing a future WWE Universal Champion, Austin Theory, McMahon and Theory take a selfie together. The Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, who we saw on the night one WrestleMania, came out as Seven Nation Army plays, and Pat McAfee makes his triumphant entrance in front of a very, very hot crowd for Pat McAfee. I, obviously, I'm talking about this all, and there's a lot of Vince McMahon stuff, and I apologise for even having to bring his name up. Again, just to clarify, fuck Vince McMahon. But this is the next match, Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee, a nine and a half minute match, and McAfee gets the victory when he reverses, reverses an A-Town and down is that the name into a roll yeah. up and gets the pin. Yeah. uh old man what did you think of this one 
I must say that was an expert uh, summary there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Been a long day. So I thought the video was actually very good. I thought, because there's fuck all to this match, is there? Like, really? Like, honestly? So Voldemort appears on Pat McAfee's show and offers him a match at WrestleMania. And then, yeah, it happens and, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good because it, it's a whole lot of nothing, really. You are 100% right, Tinky. This crowd fucking, they love him, don't they? They love McAfee. They absolutely love him. I gotta be honest, I've got a lot of time for him for Pat McAfee because he is he works his fucking bollocks off. I quite like his show. It's very American sports centered, so if you're not interested in American sports, he's a very closely aligned with, with Voldemort at various stages, so it is a bit weird. But anyway, back to the match. I thought this was really good. I thought this was just a really, really good show. And it was pretty much exactly what it needed to be. You've got Austin Theory effectively playing up and showing off to the boss to try and get in their good books. And you've got McAfee almost in a weird way playing like the Austin role, uh, where he's kind of like not necessarily going against the boss. But kind of, a little. And I thought, they put on a cracking little showing. Pat McAfee does a flip off the top rope. And then runs in and leaps to the top rope and does a superplex. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, for those who don't know, Pat McAfee was a punter in the NFL. And by his own admission, he did about an hour and a half of training a day. And that was it. That was pretty much all he had to do whilst everyone else had to do hours and hours. But he is a heck of an athlete. And he looked completely at ease in the ring. He'd obviously, he'd had the War Games match in NXT, which everyone seems to ignore, and they never seem to mention, because he was heel against the Undisputed Era, I think it was. And, yeah, people seem to ignore it, but for his first WrestleMania showing, like, I mean, one, what a fucking moment. I, I know he had an in because he'd worked and got a heck of a successful show, and he obviously started with the commentary team. But, yeah, this was really good. This was a very good little match, I thought. Again, but so enjoyed it. a bit of nothing in it, but it was a good bit of nothing. A bit now, as you say, up north. <laughs> the video package, I agree. I think it's the best video package of the night. I thought it was excellent. Just with regards to just a couple of things on, on the, the match. The entrance... Seven Nation Army. What a brilliant song to have as an entrance. So simple and effective. Uh, and it made me think, what would you guys have as your entrance? If you were to have an entrance as a wrestling, as a wrestler, what would you have? I genuinely have no clue. No? I'm too, I thought, it's too much of a, that's the problem. It's too much of a, it's too important to me to, to make a decision. Uh, and I can't think what would be good. Like I just, it's too much. There's, I just, there's too much music have, for me to choose from. You'll have to stick it on Twitter then in a couple of days when you've done it, when you've <laughs> analyzed it <laughs> i'd go for the really awful impre- impersonation of voodoo child that they use for hogan's music that's oh, what yeah. i do <laughs> and but i'd come out and i i wouldn't play the guitar or the bass i'd play the tambourine to it <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say something <laughs> and, silly there. I just couldn't be yeah. for what it was. Yeah, and my gimmick would be Mr. Tambourine Man. Right. And I'd be a Bob Dylan type character. And I'd be a face, obviously. But then I'd turn heel by getting an electric tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> He's turned his back on the folk. I've thought about it now. I'm not saying this is the one I would go with, but I like the idea of do I want to know by the Arctic Monkeys as, a, as an entrance. Oh, what a song that is, yeah. Uh, I just, think, I just think, the, I think the riff would be yeah. really cool. And I think people would get, like they do with Seth Rollins, I think they'd get to a point where they'd sing along with it. They're just yeah. the riff. 
I've been championing the band Idol Promise to do that song, and they're not taking me on. The legendary Idol Promise? Yeah, the legendary Idol Promise, available for all parties, weddings. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I would have Clubfoot by Kasabian would be mine. Uh, I like the the slow entrance to it, and then it just kicks in. Anyway, mm. a little side. Um, would you have Surge singing it? Oh, yeah, you... definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. I'll tell you what, I saw, I've seen Kasabian quite a few times, and I saw him last year for the first time with Surge as a frontman, and they were absolutely fantastic. I think it's the best time I've seen them. Anyway, so yeah, with regards to the match, yeah, I really loved it. I've got pretty much everything that, that you said. The flip and the jump of the ropes of the suplex is so impressive. Absolutely fantastic. However... I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the horrible, dirty cunt Vince McMahon. <laughs> um, do, we, do we really need to talk about him? Yeah, well, I really struggled watching this. I really struggled watching it. I had a worse feeling watching this than anything that I've seen with Benoit in. And then maybe because it's recent, maybe, I, I don't know. But even when he comes out, it just made me skin crawl. And then when he's looking at the cheerleaders when they're going past him, it just made me feel sick. I don't know if you want to go into the the match after the match before I carry on. We can do, yeah. Uh, So after the match, as McAfee celebrates, McMahon goes over to Theory and McAfee talks to them. McMahon takes off his blazer and tie and gets in the ring. The ref also gets in the ring and then Theory attacks McAfee from behind and then the bell rings and we have an impromptu match, which is Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. The match goes for just under four minutes and is won by McMahon. When McAfee is crotched by, uh, by Theory on the ring post and then Theory hands McMahon a football and kicks it into McAfee and then pins him. It's obviously McAfee selling the injury from the original match as well. Yeah, so, well, Vince is just horrible, isn't he? It's just horrible. His facial expression when he's getting dressed undressed is just creepy. He just looks perverted because he's a fucking pervert. That's why. (laughs) Um, And then we've got got a three and a half half minute match between Vince and Pat. What the fuck's that about? Commentary are bigging Vince up like he's Brock Lesnar. The crowd are chanting, you've still got it. Ugh. And then he's beaten with a football. Fucking horrible, horrible. And <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I considered turning it off. I really considered turning it off. Uh, not even Austin could save it, could save how I was feeling. And then the shit stunner that he does. I remember when he did it the first time I watched it and I thought it was really funny. And I just didn't think it was funny. I've always been quite lucky to separate real life from wrestling case in point is the Benoit stuff but I really really struggle with this I really struggle with it I mean it's all going to come out in the wash but he's always at, he's always had that aura about him that horrible aura about him and after reading all the allegations and the text messages it's just given it all new context it'd be interesting to see how I feel now watching anything from the Attitude Era because whether it, whether it'll make me feel as uncomfortable as I felt um, I just didn't I didn't enjoy watching this in the slightest the, the the first match, the Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, I, I really enjoyed. It was a fantastic match. I like both guys, but then it's just the whole Vince McMahon stuff just made me feel just disgusting. So I watched this about two days before everything broke, so I didn't watch it with those eyes. So it was different. I mean, I completely agree with what you says the point of the match is to get the austin pop that's exactly what the whole thing is so i'm going to kind of bypass any involvement with vince mcmahon and just kind of dwell on everything happens and then pat mcafee toasts a beer 
with Austin. And Michael Cole says, what a moment can you imagine? Because that's the fucking dream, isn't it? You're in a ring with Stone Cold and you do a beer with him. You have a little sip of the beer, lovely old job. You spill a bit on yourself and then you get stunned by him. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And then Bobby G muscles in with his fucking sign in the background. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear. Austin as well. I love that after he stutters McAfee, he runs around the ring celebrating absolutely loved it he's like a little kid having a great time and austin saved it when i watched it obviously without what had come out out so again i'm like you i'd be interested to see how i feel watching stuff now but we're watching your stuff whatever we watch aren't we that's kind of the that's the moral quandary now is that we're basically watching something that was part of his creation what whenever we watch wwe to a certain point aren't we yeah i suppose so i'm not going to dwell on that anyway for any length of time i didn't really struggle with it but then i, I just don't i just don't in general i just you know i can i can separate i don't know I, I, he's not he's the butt he's the butt of the joke i suppose at the end because he gets stunned by stoke steve austin after he comes out and that's fine i as long as i i think i'll find it harder if Vince man is at the end celebrating something i think that's when we'll find out whether or not i'm i'm going to be able to watch those sort of moments but anyway the match itself was really good austin theory versus pat mcafee was really good great crowd they were all singing seven nation army all the way through really into McAfee and not only that but at home you're listening to Michael Cole who's absolutely gushing over like wants his mate to win mm-hmm. like it really yeah. makes you feel like they're best mates and and I just thought that was great I just think that you know Michael Cole did a really good job of that so you are also invested in McAfee winning regardless of whether you care about the story they've told before whether you care about Vince McMahon or not like as a heel whatever it doesn't matter you just want him to win and they have a they have a really decent match and actually this was the my this was going to be my talking point before for some reason i went in the bobby lashley uh, direction is that my reservation about this and more even actually so the johnny knoxville Sami Zayn match is what is a wrestler anymore if pat mcafee johnny knoxville bad bunny and logan paul can all have really good matches at wrestlemania like in the three-star category of matches in mania why does anyone need to train in any length of their uh, time in their life to do this thing why can't they just find people who aren't famous necessarily but can just turn in the performances these guys can perform can do within what six months of training with minimal experience like it feels a bit strange to me like there's a rash of them mm. r- during the last two three years who don't have any they, they may they obviously have some formal training but it's going to be nowhere near the the extent of the training that the the professionals are doing this at they've got nowhere near the experience or the reps of doing this that those people have got doing it and yet they come in and are having really passable matches like as you said McAfee does that thing where he flips off the top rope jumps back on top of it like from the ground to the turnbuckle and then superplexes Austin Theory off it. Now, granted, they're wrestling other wrestlers who have had those reps, who have had that experience. But all the same, this shouldn't be possible on such with such a hit rate should it like it shouldn't be this easy seemingly to get this many non-wrestlers having really good matches it just i'm a little bit uneasy about it if i'm honest like what does this mean for the people who do put the time in where do they land do you know what I mean? where, where is it how can they how can they be at the top of their industry when you can get somebody like for example logan paul who has had realistically what six matches in his entire career who's now u.s champion and could i absolutely believe could in the next year or two be a world heavyweight champion 
I think part of it is, I mean, I think Logan Paul is an exception to the rule, though, and it 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 pays. Is he like say, we just talked about Pat McAfee and Johnny Knoxville's matches and Bad Bunny? We yeah, were talking about how good he was the other the other week. Yeah, but in terms of uh, as a performer, Logan Paul, and you know, I don't like Logan Paul, but and it pains me to say, it, but he seems to have just taken to it so well, and he's just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And yeah, they've obviously trained for these matches. Bad Bunny's trained for the matches, but he's not trained his lifetime to become a wrestler but part of it is two two things first of all part of it is that they are all massive massive wrestling fans so they are going to invest they're going to put in 100% effort 100% attitude because it, they are living out every kind of wrestling fans dream I suppose well most wrestling fans dreams just to have a marquee match let me let me event. let me counter that point though surely all the wrestlers are massive wrestling fans it takes more than effort just to be that good yeah it does but or, we're it, sh- or it should or it should maybe it doesn't that's my point maybe maybe what we're finding what WWE are finding is that they can fast track track anybody if we look at Logan Paul and Bad Bunny though I think they're too I think they're completely different I don't think Bad Bunny could have a, a quick as career as Logan Paul has because Logan Paul just seems to be a natural he just seems to be a natural and he's, he is very very good very very good and I'm not saying Bad Bunny isn't very good but the styles or the, the matches that they had are completely different completely different yeah but they were what i'm saying is they were still like tom was raving about bad bunny's performance at wrestlemania 37 and said it was absolutely amazing and it, and it wasn't it a really quite startlingly good performance granted it wasn't quite on the level of Logan paul but i'm still the point still stands is that all of these guys are having really good matches what does that mean what does that mean for pro wrestling what does it mean for the talent that have done this all their life what must they be thinking because also Logan Paul gets the benefit of not having to go on the road. He's got the Shane McMahon thing that I've always mm. hated about, you know, which is that basically Shane McMahon can come out, do whatever he wanted because he's got the pull. He had the backstage, you know, politic ability to do whatever he wants because who's going to tell him not to? He's, you know, he's actually quite important in terms of their business now for them. He doesn't have to wrestle every month. In fact, he, he, he literally will what you'll have a match and then will rest up for three weeks if he wants to, if he needs to, possibly longer if he wants to and needs to, and then come back and do another crazy thing. Whereas he's competing in terms of point places on the roster with people who are having to go out there every single night who've trained to do this their entire lives and i don't know and it's not just logan paul as i said like here's pat mcafee i've just looked at his match is is kind of history as a wrestler he's had eight matches in his entire life one of those was the rumble that just passed like i don't know like and he's getting this reaction and he's then able to perform at that level like it, i'm not saying maybe i i think it's concern but i'm just generally not sure what it means i think that's my thing i just it, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned by it he couldn't do it week in week out though it, 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 but the so point is he doesn't need to does he and they and wwe could get you know loads of other fans of you know previous fans of wwe who've, who've had athletic careers of any kind put it this way why isn't gable steveson able to do this why couldn't they have just instantly put him into a he's an olympic gold medalist athletic guy muscular what's the What's the difference? Well, they would have done something in the performance centre, wouldn't they? And and by from what I believe, Stevenson was was just not very good. And, well, and yeah. Bad Bunny, Pat McAfee, Logan Paul are they are good at, at it. So, but if Bad Bunny was terrible, he wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone in the Royal Rumble the the year after. Uh, yeah, the year after because he he was at his mania ma- did his mania match. If he was shit in that mania match, I mean Nicholas didn't get another match, did he? So <laughs> <laughs> that's a child. <laughs> no, I'm joking. And for some reason, he just coming to the end then but um yeah do you know what i mean i don't know what argument i'm making i just think it's interesting and i i do find it a little concerning because i'm like well yeah why is it 
why is this possible? You know, like Bad Bunny had a 25 minute match at Backlash last year. You know, in addition yeah. to having been in the Rumble and been at that WrestleMania match, he's not having bad matches. Like these are good matches. If you can yeah, do yeah. this with a guy who literally does it not even part time, then what's to stop them with doing that with everybody in that way? I don't know. I, there's all kinds of thoughts I've got around this, and I'm not really sure exactly what point I want to make or how I feel about it. But it's just an interesting development to me. Well, I think that there is the novel so from a fan perspective and obviously that is pretty much what matters because though we've said like McAfee gets incredible reaction Johnny Knoxville gets great reaction on this show all of the other jackass guys that are involved do I think that what happened at the Rumble with McAfee if they continue to do things like that will put the skids on celebrity and inverted commas involvement so, so regularly because I agree like Logan Paul is uh, just an absolute animal like, he is just picked it up incredibly quickly but I think there's obviously the self factor but I think that this runs out and I think that they lean so hard on part-timers in WWE for these big events like look at Roman Reigns Roman Reigns is part-time like he's not a celebrity coming a celebrity in inverted commas coming in but is it not also the nature of a business that has killed multiple people actually growing up and going actually we don't need people to be killing themselves 300 nights a year we need some guys to do it maybe 150 180 but it's kind of like a maturing of the business and also the fact that i think like mcafee and bad bunny i would say less Logan Paul because i think Logan Paul is legitimately very 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 good at it like it is a spectacle and a novelty like i said for the crowd i think to get on site which is why i think what they did to mcafee at the rumble where he didn't know he was in it and they put him in that spot where he had to get in and then effectively get out of the ring because he didn't know what to do like that's really gonna really gonna work against them in the long run i think because it's a bit embarrassing whereas like you've said tinky like you've got bad bunny logan paul and pat mcafee coming in and having good matches and i think that really kind of ruined it for england didn't it so <laughs> it's just it's just an interesting one i'm interested to see where this goes because it feels like it could mm. be the beginning of something bigger like as i say like if you could get 15 to 20 people and yeah. don't forget we live in a world now where there are so many people who are effectively celebrities through any number of ways you know youtube well, television us. exactly you know i mean but reality shows everything you know former sports stars current sports stars there's just so many people if they get a body of 15 to 20 people in that position that's a match with one of these guys at least every single pay-per-view they do mm. and slowly the spots are not there for the people who've trained to do this their whole life and i think maybe this is a symptom of where wrestling has gone in terms of it becoming much more about spots and much more much less about the things that you build up over a long period of time which mm. is the psychology and the knowing what to do in front of the crowd the fact that wrestling now is entirely planned out before the matches as opposed to being called in the ring that's another mm. way in which like this this has been allowed to happen it's just something to keep an eye on i don't know as i, said, I don't fully know this why i didn't use it as a talking book so i don't fully understand what i'm trying to say or even what i feel about it but it just it's just something that's out there that i want to i wanted to sort of bring attention to because it, it feels like a, a thing this feels like something new anyway moving on from wow. pat mcafee austin theory vince mcmahon and everything else we then get the highlights of bianca belair's entrance from night one then 
a video promo for WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood, which we will be covering beginning in two weeks time. And then the hype video for the main event. Paul Heyman talking about the enormity of WrestleMania. Lesnar telling Reigns to acknowledge him. Paul Heyman getting caught by Brock Lesnar and Lesnar about to kind of get, give him some, some uh, punishment. But then he gets caught with a chair by Roman Reigns from behind and he bloodies him on Raw. Then uh, Reigns saying he is in God mode and everybody works for him. Lesnar attacking Reigns with a thingy because I couldn't remember what the fucking name of the thing was. <laughs> I still can't think of it, so I'm not going to not going to even attempt to remember it. And then attacking the Bloodline in their car. This is all set to Metallica. I thought this was a very good video. Yes, what I love is that this is about the title. That's what it's about. And I was like, yes, because obviously we've seen this match, fucking. I think this is their 938th WrestleMania match <laughs> together. Reigns and Lesnar. Um, it feels different because they've shaped it around the title completely and utterly. And there isn't like Reigns is unbeatable. Lesnar's unbeatable. There's none of that. It's like, I want this fucking title, you cunt. I want it all, you bastard. The big all of it. <laughs> The beatdown on the video package. It looked like it was done on a house show. It was it was weird. It didn't, didn't look like it was done on Raw. It looked like it was done on some sort of house show. Anyway, when you did the Raw Rumble 2002 review, as you can remember, I wrote to you guys, to you guys and gave, gave my feelings, completely damning the dreadful booking of the Rumble match and damaging all the guys on the roster just to get to this main event. But that being said, the build is fantastic. The build to this match is fine, and it is because it's about the title without a championship belt tug of war in sight. It is all, it's violent with, with the incredible beatdowns. It's like they just so, it's so personal. It is just so personal. So the match itself is a 12 minute match. WWE title and WWE Universal title unification winner takes all both of their entrances or their sorry their announced the announcements for their introductions are interrupted Reigns is interrupted by Paul Heyman and Brock does his own announcement Michael Cole says this is the biggest fight feel of all time supposedly he doesn't actually say of all time but I assume that's what he means and it ends when Reigns hits a spear and gets the win from out of nowhere I thought and to take both titles Alex what did you think of the biggest match of all time it was pretty good I thought Honky Tonk Man was uh, fantastic in the match <laughs> and so was Beefcake so I think that uh, no. alright what did you think of this one you bugger right <laughs> um, yeah so first of all the ring announcement is absolutely fantastic Brock Lesnar just looks like he's loving life maybe not so much now but at the time, he looked like he was loving life. The match itself, again, this was another thing that I, I wasn't particularly looking forward to. I thought it was, it was going to be a little bit boring, but I think it's really good. Really hard hitting, as like all their matches are. Uh, shock of the night, Paul Heyman is absolutely excellent. Love him when he's pleading with Brock, screaming. It was all Roman's idea. It was all Roman's idea. Absolutely fantastic. Now, is it me or is the Superman punch a bit shit? He does too many of them, and they don't, when looking at it, they just don't look very convincing to me at all. But anyway, that's by the by. The spear into the Kamara lock is brilliant. Well, I mean, I love the Kamara lock. Again, I, I love I, I love moves that just look so brutal, but just really safe, just fantastic. Paul Heyman, excellent throughout, moving the rope towards Roman Reigns during the Kamara lock. And then that's when I noticed the bulging arm of Roman Reigns, and it made me think that they might have ended it a little bit early because of it. It just seemed that it was a bit of a sudden a sudden end to the match so I don't know whether that had something to do with it uh, cracked a smile when Brock kicked out of the low blow 
and, and, and a belt shot, but then was beaten by just one spear and then stays down for ages after. And then Reigns selling the arm after. Absolutely fantastic. Popping the shoulder back in, using the ropes to pop it back in. And then he's struggling to lift both, both belts. So it's a really decent match. Really decent match. It's miles better than 34, but that's not really hard. Uh, but nowhere near as good as Mania 31. So it's definitely the middle of the... It's middling, middling out of the three. Uh, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I loved Roman's selling of the arm. Just thought that. I just thought it was fantastic. And But I, I do think, you know, I don't know whether they did end it early because of that because it just seemed like it just ended really abruptly. Oh, man. So you've got old Lezzy takes his gloves off just as the bell rings and old Roman Reigns sells it wonderfully. They have a section where Paul Heyman says, I love you to as uh, as he's crying off. They obviously have the barrier spot classic barrier spot you've got to have it every Roman Reigns match must have it there is a ref bump which is a spear into Lesnar into the referee into the turnbuckle now it looks like to be fair it looks like Brock takes the brunt of it I think even he's trying to protect this ref but I was like fucking how to take those big cunts in the biggest Wrestlemania match of all time straight <laughs> into your body because they have fought multiple times this is as good as they could they could get I think I, I take your point about the kind of it feels like it ends quicker quicker than you'd expect I think they kind of have to do that because I don't think they can do a 75 million finishers exchange again and I think they get it just about right well done lads uh, I wasn't convinced by this. Part of that was because I was massively distracted during this match because this was I was watching this whilst the group of us were on WhatsApp on Saturday morning following SmackDown, <laughs> going back and forth ah. about the, the truth and the the what was right and what was good and what was the best thing for business and all the rest of it. And so to be honest, I was massively distracted by that whilst I was watching it. But also, I just I found it to be I felt like they needed some imagination for this one. This was back to the Brock Lesnar formula where it just doesn't feel like even they have an idea of how to mix it up a little bit. I think Brock Lesnar can sometimes still do his match in the in the really good way. I just don't think that this is one of those times. This is for me back to that WrestleMania 34 level match. Maybe a little bit better, but not a huge amount better like it was. No. I think it is a bit better. It is a fair bit better, but it's it's just nowhere near what they're capable of. They are capable of so much more. They showed that at WrestleMania mm. 31. That match is excellent. But I think that's also really good because there's more strikes and, and they mm. just they just lay it in much more. This is almost immediately to the Superman punches and the spears and and the suplexes and you're just like yeah i mean i don't hate that but it, you've got you've got to add a twist on it as well now because you can't just keep doing that lesnar's been doing that for even by this point 10 years you know now it's 12 if he did it now like he he needs to mix that up he needs to he needs an, another thing to add to that and they just didn't come up with it they did come up with it at this at SummerSlam the, the the same year when like later in the year when they face each other again and they have the the mad match with the flipping tractor or whatever it is that clearly comes down in that is what they should have done here like a, a proper like just a completely out of out of left field kind of thing they wanted to do the big fight mma style match and i just don't think it worked for them i just don't think it worked on this occasion so i wasn't really into it but as i said a huge part of it was i was massively distracted by the whole conversation that was going on on whatsapp so that is everything on wrestlemania 38 night two another show in the books let's have your ratings out of 10 and any business you haven't already given us uh alex 
you've already given us your MVP as Sami Zayn and match tonight Sami Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. What's your score and your summary? Right, so this was better than I thought it was going to be. Like I said, I, I, I was thought it was going to be a bit boring, but it wasn't boring at all. With the exception of Almost versus Lashley and the Vince involvement, everything else is good to excellent. The opener is excellent. The main event I thought was pretty decent. Edge versus Styles I thought was excellent and I didn't expect it to be at all but it's Zayn and Knoxville just steals the weekend for me this show is better than average so I'm going to give it a six I think that's quite a fair mark really from memory I don't think it's as good as night one but as a standalone show I think it, I thought it was pretty good so six out of ten I thoroughly enjoyed this I was not bored at all through the whole card I think even with the multiple Saturday recaps which as we've covered is to cover for the advert breaks in Peacock. I thought this was a really, really good way to spend a few hours. My match of the night is Edge and AJ Styles. My, I was going to say VMP then. <laughs> My VMP is Pat McAfee, because I think he does tremendous work on commentary. Him and Cole are excellent throughout, I think, and they are especially good during the Zane and Johnny Knoxville match. And I'm going to give this a seven. And it is it is a slightly better main event away from getting an eight. But I think the main event is good, but it's not anything spectacular. So yeah, this was this was very enjoyable stuff. Thanks. I'll try and provide you with the same level of entertainment in the future. Thank you. So I, I'm i kind of similar to you, old man, that, that it is a good main event away from an extra mark. But for me, that would be a seven because I'm giving this a six as well the main event really did let it down and i actually think that the two nights of this year of the wrestlemania 38 wrestlemania that are are as good as one another i think the first night has two big moments um and three really good matches this has more really good matches in my opinion there's there's more on this in terms of match quality but the main event lets it down and on night one obviously that's austin and kevin owens and that stuff's really fun whereas this just did for me just wasn't that good so that gives us an overall score or an average score for for wrestlemania 38 night two of 6.33 which makes it the 17th best night of wrestlemania in history so it's somewhere (laughs) somewhere in the mid table basically and i think that's fair we've said middling from the start and that and that that's what it was there's some great moments like there is some great moments sammy zane versus johnny knoxville is a unique super one-of-a-kind match that i hope they never repeat pat mcafee was excellent in the austin theory his match austin theory aj styles and edge was better than i thought it was going to be and i love the opener the triple threat tag team match so those four matches really big thumbs up and i said if it was just even if it was a, a really decent or a good main event I would have probably given this a seven overall, but just for me fell short of getting it there. So that's why I marked it six. I also wanted to alert everybody to another milestone that we've actually managed during the review of this show. And I'm disappointed actually that I didn't call it out at the time we were talking about it because the match, it's horrible because I've wished it wasn't this match, but the yeah. match between Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon just so happens to be the 1000th match we have reviewed on this podcast. Wow. It was really disappointed because obviously I, I I didn't know I couldn't I had having not watched this before I didn't know how many matches were on the show I didn't actually even know that Pat McAfee versus Vince Man was a match I thought it was just an angle before I watched it so I thought it was going to be the main event of this show as the show was kind of evolving or unfolding in front of me and then they obviously had that match so that was disappointing but it was the 1000th match we've covered on the podcast so a pretty wow. big milestone for us anyway how about that who'd have thought when I listened to that Royal Rumble 95 episode yeah 
yeah. that I would have been there to review the 1,000th match. <laughs> Dude, it's dreams can come true. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll leave it there because I don't think we're ever going to get anywhere, uh, <laughs> anywhere higher than that on this podcast. So, um, old man, thank you for your contributions today. Uh, thank you very much. It's been a thousand, thousand and one matches. Thousand and one matches. I know a man who had a, what a thousand and one matches. And you've got to follow his advice. You've got to rate him. You've got to review him. And you've got to remember him. It's Ken Patera, the man, the myth, the legend. The hair. Uh, and, oh, yes. <laughs> and Alex, thank you for your contributions as well. Thank you very much. This has been stupendous. <laughs> we'll be back again in two weeks with the first night of WrestleMania 39. Until then, take care. Take care.